a bottle of rum. This is Chris to Chris, and we're gonna have fun. Sounds like a Keenan and Kel intro. This is Chris to Chris, comedy advice to fix your life. I'm your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by the one, the only audio engineer, exclusionaire, the, the, the audio engineer guy, Mike. Mike, Mike is in the building. Go ahead and say hi, Michael. Hey, what's up? <clears throat> you sound a little froggy today, Mike. We also have our uh, new best friend, Dell standing in the corner on standby, if you will. Dell, let the folks at home know you are real. I'm definitely a real person in the room. Thank you, sir. You guys might know me, Chris, from my YouTube channel, Chris versus the World. That's my comedy channel. Laser Lemming is my gaming channel. Uploaded.com is a website that brings them all together. There's also articles on Uploaded.com. You know, not often updated, but there's some gems on there. We have a lot of content on there. Mostly podcast related. Speaking of podcasts, this is a podcast that you can find anywhere podcasts are sold for free. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, blah, 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 blah. We are everywhere. We are everywhere. And we would like to be in your friend's podcast machine and your father's podcast machine and your daughter's podcast machine. We want to be in everybody's podcast machine. And I'm realizing as I'm saying podcast machine over and over again, that that is fairly redundant because... The name podcast, I believe, comes from the iPod. So I think we should get this show on the road. I don't think you care too much about all that. We do have a great show for y'all, by the way. Pretty sure. You know, hasn't been recorded yet. We're in the process. But I have a feeling it's going to be pretty good. We're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. That's a new Star Wars movie that's uh, out this week. We're going to be talking about Cats. That is a movie that is also out on the same day as Star Wars. Very good idea. We're also going to be talking about online shopping mistakes, Nintendo nostalgia, and a ton of great listener questions. I'm very excited about this, and you should be as well. Now, this is our 64th episode of Chris to Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Please hold your applause until the end. As soon as I noticed that we were doing our 64th episode... I realized that we had to dedicate this episode to the Nintendo 64. That was, of course, the 64th console that Nintendo ever put out. Now, after I realized that we were putting out our our 64th episode this week, I, I noticed that this is also the last episode that we will be putting out before Christmas occurs next Wednesday. So I need to find a way to to shoehorn some kind of Christmas message into this episode, right? Last year, we were visited by Santa's dog or something, but I don't see dogs hanging around our studio this year. So I think we need to talk about the N64 and Christmas in the same episode, somehow, right? So it might feel forced, but we we literally have no choice here. Our hand has been forced. Our 64th episode literally could not have come at a more inconvenient time, just like Al Gore's movies. So this week's episode is going to celebrate the Nintendo 64 and the birth of the Son of God and Santa somehow. We're going to come back to this mess, but first... It's just the tip of the week. That's right, it is our tip of the week time. So this year, my wife and I decided not to give each other a bunch of Christmas gifts so that we could buy a new GoPro to get lots of footage of our, our life for our new baby. And on Monday, Target was running a sale. They said, you can get the new GoPro Hero 8 Black for $350. It comes with the camera, a tripod, a head strap, an SD card, and an extra battery. Not bad. Not bad. 
So I decided to order it, but I ordered it for online or in-store pickup, right? I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait for it to be shipped to me. It's not Amazon. I trust Amazon's shipping because they ship so much so often that I generally know that they have a pretty good system. Target, you know, it's more retail focused. It's it's more uh, it's more about the the box in the store. The st- what am I trying to say? The the brick store. What am I trying to say, Mike? I, I don't know. Uh, where, what I'm trying to say is uh, there there's a phrase, and I'm totally. I feel like I can maybe spend the next 20 minutes trying to remember exactly what I'm I, what phrase I'm trying to come up with but that is uh, also known as uh podcast poison so we're not going to do that what I'm trying to say is that it's a it's a brick and mortar that's it didn't didn't need 20 minutes aren't you glad that I I spent 30 seconds explaining that to you brick and mortar target is brick and mortar what the hell are we talking about my point is that I ordered this camera bundle for pickup at the store. We have a Target right across the street from me, right? So my hope was that the Target employees that were working at the store were going to be competent enough to see that this was a bundle with multiple items. So the next day after work, I head over to pick it up, right? Now after waiting in line, and I did wait in line for about five minutes, Christmas time, December where I live sucks. It's it's great when you are, it's just like any time of the year except December, except November, except when people just explode with a retail-loving frenzy. But this time of year, it's just it's just a shit show. Parking lots suck, lines suck everywhere. It's awful. So I'm waiting in line like five minutes. I finally get to go up, and uh, they go to find my order, right? They hand me a bag, and I look inside. It's just the camera. It's just the camera. This is what I was worried about right away, and... They they lived up to my my low expectations. Now I don't say this because I think be, uh, just because you work at Target you're you're dumb. No, I worked at Target for a year. I worked in many retail stores, and I only consider myself somewhat dumb. Mike, I have not read Dante's Inferno, but I'm pretty sure that this is what the first circle of hell looks like. Right? I pointed out that this was a bundle, and it was supposed to come with like four other things. The ones I, I mentioned earlier. Now, you would have thought that I just asked this woman to explain string theory to me. She spent about 10 minutes looking at her computer, just wondering what to do. And I could already see, I could picture myself in her position. It's like, it's like almost like this bureaucratic, this retail bureaucracy that you have to go through. Like, well, I can't just give him his stuff. I can't just do that. And I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at the system, right? It's systematic retail oppression. So... She starts, she starts trying to, she starts trying to uh, mind f- me here. She says that uh, you know this bundle actually only includes the camera, and I had to explain to her that that is not the definition of bundle. Bundle doesn't mean one thing. So I pull out my phone and I show her my receipt from Target.com, and she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is uh, more than one thing that we promised you." So she finally uh, pulls out the old walkie-talkie to talk to the electro- ele- 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 electronics department. I don't know why that word is so hard to say. She wants to talk to the uh, the guys that work with the gizmos. And uh, she gets him to come over. He says, uh, well, that is actually the wrong camera. He needs the holiday bundle. Turns out that Target was just selling off 
old Black Friday bundles that they could not sell in November. So they had these leftover bundles that they, they wanted to get rid of at the same price. And apparently, I needed a different camera. It was the exact, it literally is the exact same camera, except the one I needed had a yellow sticker on it that said it was a bundle and it had a, a different barcode so, so that they could uh, account for it in their inventory, right? So the guy goes to the electronics department, he comes back and he says, look, I got all your stuff here. I got the battery, I got the SD card, I got the, uh, the tripod, but we don't have the head strap. You know, GoPros, they got to have the head strap. We're out of the head strap, dude. So he offers to get me like a $20 gift card to, to pay for it. I'm like, well, what about the tax, my man? What about the tax, yo? Uh, he says, well, it's a free item. It's a free item, so we don't account for tax. And it, this goes on and on. I can, I can go into the details of the story on and on. Long story short, I didn't push him. I wasn't a dick. He comes back and he says, look, how about this? I got a $25 gift card for you. That should cover the tax. I said, all right, dude. All right. So, you know, long story longer. It was not a fun experience. I, I got everything except the head strap. Oh, there was this one point, though, where the... Remember, remember how I said he said he has the wrong camera. So I had to wait for them to return the camera that they just given me. It is a bureaucratic nightmare of barcodes. And I had to explain this to the, the, the poor young woman working the register. She did not understand what was going on, what her own, uh, what was I going to, I was going to call her, call him a cohort. Her own fellow employee had explained to her and left. I had to explain to her that, look, you are replacing this barcode with another barcode. This is just for your own inventory. I'm just standing here to be a generously nice person. You guys don't care. The point is that this week's tip of the week is to never buy an online bundle for pickup at a store. Unless these people are making a lot of money, unless you know that they're specialized in this stuff, it's going to go wrong. I was worried it was going to go exactly like this, and it went even worse. I, I need to... Uh, I need to be careful about using the word exactly and then saying something that does not mean exactly right afterwards. Am I making sense? Do I need to move on? I think I need to move on. That's my tip of the week. Don't buy bundles from Target online, at least not for pickup in store. The, the guys who work at the warehouse, they might have figured it out, but these folks, they did not have it together. Anyway, let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. So Star Wars Episode Nine came out this week. That's the Rise of Skywalker, which is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's the end of the Skywalker saga, the the nine movie trilogy, which is called a nineology if you study Latin. Now, I checked Rotten Tomatoes, and this movie is currently sitting at fifty seven percent positive reviews, which is I think the lowest reviewed movie lowest reviewed star wars movie of all time and that's that's impressive because there are movies like phantom menace and attack of the clones those movies are out there and they have better reviews than rise of the skywalkers and you know that's partially for a few different reasons i think episode nine or ep when the when the phantom menace came out that movie had so much hype behind it. There hadn't been a new Star Wars movie in, I want to say, like over 25 years at that point. So it was a huge deal at the time. I remember it. I was there. Okay? 
and you know, uh, Attack of the Clones, same deal. Like there, there was some new tech going on, and it was just impressive. There, there was still this this wanting to be a part of this zeitgeist, and the world wasn't as cynical of a place as it is twenty years later. So, uh, Phantom Menace came out in 1999. 20 years later, we have the last movie of the Skywalker saga, right? And it's currently uh, getting very bad reviews. People are saying that it's just a convoluted movie. That's what I'm getting out of this. Now, my wife and I just got tickets to, to see this movie on Monday. So please do not talk to me about C-3PO's drug addict eyes until after Monday, right? I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. You you people keep talking to me about the, the baby is out there. I don't want to hear about why C-3PO's eyes are bloodshot until Tuesday morning. Now, I haven't seen the movie yet, obviously, but people keep seeming to say that it's, it's just trying to jam too many plots in, too many plot points in. I kept reading that this movie wants to be three different movies at once. Maybe we will do our official review of Rise of the Skywalkers next week. So, uh, Mike, if you could just remind me, please, to uh, review this movie. Oh, and as I mentioned earlier, Universal Pictures also thought it was a good idea to release the Cats movie on the same day as Star Wars. You know, just in case you you hate yourself and would rather go see Cats instead of seeing anything else. Anything else except that freaking nightmare fuel of a movie. How long is Cats? I want to look that up. How long is The Rise of Skywalker? We're going to look this up in real time here. So, Star Wars, Revenge of the Skywalkers, that movie is exactly... Oh, I just had it. I just had it. That movie is exactly 155 minutes. That's a long movie. It's not short. That's almost two and a half hours, I believe. Right? Right? Or a little over two and a half hours? Let's see, uh, 120... Yeah, over two and a half hours long. And Cats, rated PG... You know, so everybody can see it as long as you have parental guidance. That movie's 102 minutes long, so it's less... Uh, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Star Wars is 155 minutes long. Cats is 102 minutes long. I guarantee you that Cats feels twice as long as Star Wars. I guarantee it. I simply guarantee it. Now, uh, I don't know why I'm talking about Cats so long. I feel like the amount of time I just spent about cats going on about cats is more time than anybody else will go on talking about cats this week anyway maybe we'll do our official review of cats one day when hell freezes over we'll see but cats is currently sitting at 20 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes so it's doing even worse than star wars star wars is beating it by 37 percentages now i hope you guys enjoyed that video game corner we talked a lot more about cats than I ever expected to, you know, ever, ever. I like real cats. I don't like this uh, James Corden, Judy Dench, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba, Jennifer Hudson cats. And I don't know if you could tell, I'm just re literally reading off the cast from the Rotten Tomato page. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed Video Game Corner this week. Let's talk about some video games. Mike, Dell, from the bottom of my heart, I want to wish both of you a very Merry Christmas this week. Mike, I was also going to wish you a happy Kwanzaa, but then I remembered that Kwanzaa was invented by a guy that is literally still alive today. And I've never met anybody that celebrates it. I did see a Kwanzaa-themed episode of The Proud Family once, though. 
Now, I decided to Google how many people actually still celebrate Kwanzaa. And the first result is from an NPR article in 2012. Turns out that as of seven years ago, a whole 2% of people still claim to celebrate Kwanzaa. And I feel like at least half a percentage of them are just kind of saying it like they feel like they have to. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Kwanzaa. Yeah, sure, sure, I celebrate Kwanzaa. And Mike here, Mike, you, you, you seem like you probably don't celebrate anything. So uh, happy nothing to you, buddy. Anyway, you'll remember that I also need to talk about the N64 in this episode somehow. So I want to talk to you guys about a possible N64 mini, N64 classic, right? You guys might remember that there was a, a Nintendo put out a Nintendo classic and a Super Nintendo classic uh, consoles, like those little retro consoles that come with a bunch of games on them, right? 2016 and 2017, respectively. Now, I didn't own the Nintendo Classic, the NES Classic or the NES Classic, whatever side of that war you fall on, whatever you want to call it, we're going to call it the Nintendo Classic just to make sure nobody writes us any angry letters. I didn't own that one, but I did get the Super Nintendo Classic. It's great. It's great. In fact, I may have even theoretically hacked it to get even more games, right? Even more games. Even the bad ones I might be playing on my Super Nintendo Classic. Now, the Super Nintendo is still probably my favorite system of all time. That That's, I, I'm sure, driven by nostalgia goggles. But what can what can I say? I'm a human being. I'm a human being. We also recently bought a Sega Genesis Mini on Black Friday that we have yet to play, but we will. What can I say? I like I like retro shit, right? But these little classic systems, these mini systems, are, are so popular that people have been expecting Nintendo to follow up uh, after the Super Nintendo Classic with a Nintendo 64 Classic, right? Makes perfect sense. These things sell millions. They're making tons of money on them. And I would love for it to happen. I would, I would love for Nintendo to say, today, just to announce, guess what's happening? We are going to do a Nintendo 64 Classic. It's going to be beautiful. So, as my Christmas gift to you listeners, I'm going to tell you why that will never happen, most likely. First of all, is the cost. Mostly out of the controllers, right? Because these systems are pretty much basic things. They're, uh, people call them just kind of like a, a Nintendo or Sony's own version of a Raspberry Pi. It's just a basic-ass computer that runs emulators and ROMs, right? Right? So most of the cost here is in the plastic, I would assume, right? The, first of all, the N64 is a multiplayer console. That's what it's all about. It's about playing games with others. There's four controller ports right on the front of the N64, so it makes no mistakes about it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is a multiplayer console. So you need four controllers, just point blank. You need four of them, and they're not, none of those controllers are going to come with rumble packs, by the way, because that adds to the cost of it. And it's not like it's going to support you putting in an old rumble pack. Not like that ish would work anymore. The, the battery you have in there from 1999 is all acidic and crusted over at this point. So you know what's going to happen. What always happens with these consoles. They will come with one controller, and you will have to buy the rest separately. I say that even though I look at my... Sega Genesis Mini 
and it came with two controllers. And my Super Nintendo Classic came with two controllers. Maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe it will come with four controllers and cost $150. Because that's what would happen easily. Or it will come with one controller. I think you guys get the point. The cost of the controllers is a big deal. Second reason this won't happen is the games. The games. The Super Nintendo Classic had less games on it than the Nintendo Classic. And that's for a very uh, a various amount of reasons, such as Nintendo tends to value the games more the later they came out. Like on the Virtual Console for the Wii and the, the Wii U, Nintendo games, original NES games, were $5 a pop. Super Nintendo games were like 8 bucks a pop. And 64 games were like 10 bucks a pop. So you get where I'm going. So Nintendo values N64 games more than they value Super Nintendo and NES games. So, I would imagine if they did put out an N64 Classic, it would only come with about 10 or 12 games. 15 tops. Because the SNES Classic had like 32 on it. So, that's what I think. And I think you have to have all the great games on it. You have to have them. You have to have Goldeneye which they probably wouldn't be able to do because of licensing restrictions. Uh, maybe. I don't know. You'd have to have Mario Kart. Easy. Donkey Kong Racing or Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy, Diddy Kong Racing. Probably can't do that one either because of licensing issues with Rare. Conker's Bad Fur Day. You, they, you know, shit, sure as shit, they wouldn't do that one. Super Mario 64. Easy peasy. That's a one-player game, though. Perfect Dark. Also a Rare problem. Rare put out a lot of great N64 games. Uh, Star Fox 64, you could do that one. That has the multiplayer. Super Smash Brothers, you could do that one. You could do Pokemon Stadium, Mario Party. I'm starting to sound like I really think this could happen. But at the end of the day, I'm more cynical than that. And I know it won't. Because of point number three. And this is a big one. Nintendo Switch Online. When Nintendo first announced the Nintendo Switch Online, they said, look, we're not doing the virtual console thing anymore. You're not going to be able to pay for a, uh, a retro game and download it. Nope, that's over. Them days is done. The future is subscriptions, which means you have to pay us 20 bucks a year and you will have access to these retro games. Now, the way they did it was very convoluted and very Nintendo-like. They said, look, we're going to have Nintendo Entertainment System, Nintendo Switch Online. Or vice versa. The way it was worded, it was confusing, it was muddled, and it was like, hey, look, here's here's a bunch of NES games. And then this year, a year later, they said, we're also adding Super Nintendo games. So it's going to be Nintendo Switch Online, Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Or again, vice versa. I don't know which way these things are ordered verbally. Am I making sense to you guys still? Are you still following me? Are you are you paying attention to these words that I am just vomiting out at you while you're while you're working, while you're driving, while you're doing God knows what Point is, is that Nintendo Switch Online has kind of killed the proposition of these virtual consoles. Because subscriptions make more than plastic every single time. Microsoft is kind of moving away from this console idea. You know, they, they just revealed the Xbox Series X. So they are still doing consoles, but they've also been putting out they've been publishing games for the nintendo switch i own cuphead a microsoft published game on the switch i own 
Cuphead. I don't own the other ones, but they also published Ori and the Blind Forest on Nintendo Switch. They also put out Minecraft on the Switch and the PlayStation 4. Also, every single Microsoft first-party game that's come out uh, since, like, at least last year is also out on PC. Microsoft is realizing that this is more of a service industry for them. They, they want to make more money on service because recurring revenue is bigger than getting your plastic footprint in the door. They don't need to sell you the console. They just need your money, right? That's what they care most about. Same thing with Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo still likes to, they're more traditional. So they still want you to own the system as of now. But they don't necessarily need to sell you the N64 Classic when they can just sell you those games through a service like Nintendo Switch Online. Fourth and final reason that this probably won't happen is because nothing ever goes right in this world. Almost nothing. Things are usually pretty terrible. I think we can all agree on that. Man, this sounds kind of cynical. You might be able to tell that I have to work on Saturday this week. Two weekends in a row. What the hell? What the hell? Let's move on to the news. A woman by the name of Ruth Balloon decided to check her bank account balance at the end of her shift at Roma Boots in Dallas, Texas. And she discovered something pretty interesting. She found out that an extra $37 million was deposited into her account. Mike, can you believe that? Can you believe that? I had no idea that there were people with the last name Balloon. Were balloons just invented by some guy named Mr. Balloon? Yeah. Hell, I'm going to look this up. Okay, so the first balloons were actually just the result of people... Oh my gosh. The first, res the first balloons were just the result of people blowing on animal bladders to inflate them. <laughs> well, that actually kind of makes sense, right? You know, if, if you live 700 years before anything remotely entertaining was invented, you might start looking at a dead pig bladder and think, you know what? What the hell? What the hell? I'm going to blow on that. See what happens. But hold on. Look at this. Look at this. The guy that invented the first rubber balloon was not actually Mr. Balloon. His name was Professor Michael Faraday. Wow. His name was Professor. Professor Michael Faraday. He invented the first balloon, first rubber balloon in 1824. Hmm. Well, maybe he, he later changed his name to Mr. Balloon, like Martin Luther King Jr. That wasn't his original name. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Ruth Balloon, no relation. She lives in Texas, but her accent sounds Norwegian or something. You know, one of those, those funny-sounding blonde countries. That's where I'm pretty sure she's from. So she thinks maybe some rich son of a gun out there decided to randomly give her $37 million. But she wants to be sure. So she called up her husband. And, you know, cynical as he is, he's like, ha, 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 the world is a cruel bitch. Nothing this good would ever just happen to us on purpose. And I'm going to prove it. At least that's what I assume he said, because he called the bank so that they could confirm that everything was indeed awful. And they did. They confirmed it. They said, whoopsie-daisy. Took their money back. Our bad. They said it was a, a, a clerical error. That is a hell of an error. A $37 million error. Mike, if my bank accidentally just dropped 
$37 million into my account, you would never see me again. I was going to say you might never see me again, but you, no, you wouldn't see me again, dude. We'd be done. We'd be done. I think you would understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. Anyway, this week's uh, bonus tip is to do banking with Legacy Texas Bank. That's her bank. Do do banking with Legacy Texas Bank. They might just make you rich on accident. Uh, third tip is to, you know, not not report it. Actually, you know what? I'm not officially condoning that tip. I don't want you, some, some son of a bitch trying to report me for, for saying that. Hey, if I get $37 million and I disappear, it has nothing to do with the fact that I got $37 million. Unless I'm murdered, in which case somebody murdered me for that $37 million and you guys better find me. You guys better give me justice. In bonus news, uh, Donald Trump was officially impeached by the House this week. I guess we'll see what happens with that in weeks to come. Let's move on. Let's move back to this. Let's move on by moving backwards. We're going to talk about this uh, Nintendo 64 Christmas mess. I realized that the best way to marry the N64 and Christmas is to tell my N64 Christmas story. So the Nintendo 64 launched in America in 1996, I believe. And I had friends that had one, but my brother and me did not get one that year. My brother and me also was a Nickelodeon sitcom for about two years. Just thought you should know that. My brother and me also wanted a Nintendo 64. Even though we didn't have one. We loved our Super Nintendo, but the future was there. It had polygons. It had a joystick. It was wonderful. It had a very confusing controller. Why wouldn't you want a Nintendo 64? And on Christmas of 1997, our dreams came true. We opened up a present, a wrapped gift. It was a brand new Nintendo 64. We got Mario Kart 64 and GoldenEye. And if you weren't alive around then, that pretty much meant that we got hundreds and hundreds of hours of multiplayer gameplay and single player, to be fair. It was a, it was a wonderful gift. And then we tried to hook it up. Mike, Dell, we could not get it to work. Our TV was too old. We needed an RF switch so that it could work. So we didn't play N64 on Christmas Day. My mom went to get the RF adapter the next day at Best Buy, and she stood in line with like six other parents that also had old-ass TVs at the time. But we eventually got the adapter, and we played the hell out of that system for years. We loved it. And, you know, we didn't own many games. We didn't get to buy many games, but we did rent a bunch of them. Almost every Friday, we would rent a video game. And that was wonderful. That was wonderful at the time. And that is also my N64 story. You know, but you might be thinking, that's not much of a story. But I might be thinking, you know what, go to hell. That's my story, okay? Fun fact, the N64 was the second and last console that my mom ever got for us. She was not a fan of video games and did not want us to play them. And, you know, she doesn't really still to this day. So, sorry, Mom. Anyway, Dell, Dell, what time is it? Chris to Chris presents Listen Question Time. Thank you, Dell. First question comes from Ken. Ken asks, what will you do differently in episode 65? That's a great question. Now, I can't guarantee this, and it's almost a long shot. Almost. But I would love to interview the creator of Mario. His name is Shigeru Miyamoto, and he's a pretty big deal in Nintendo land. 
So I'd love to interview him on Nintendo 65. So if any of our listeners know him personally, please let him know that we are interested before next Friday. That would be wonderful. Thanks for the question, Ken. Yuli asks, can you explain to my Spanish-speaking mom what Twitter is without confusing her? Hmm. That is a good question, but yes, I think I am up to that task. <clears throat> Twitter es un parajo azul de basura. Esta tweet, 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 buck, 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 buck. Hashtag cancelada. I hope that cleared things up for your mom. Thanks for the question. Devin asks, can you ask Yilly why her mom speaks Spanish? <laughs> I think I'm up to that task. I think I'm up to that task. Yilly, Yilly, are you listening? Devin would like me to ask you, why does your mom speak Spanish? Thanks for the question, Devin. Ken asks, in Toy Story, if Buzz Lightyear doesn't realize he is a toy, why does he stop moving when Andy shows up, just like all the other toys? That is an excellent question, and I have wondered that myself over the years. Now, I think, I think that Buzz stops moving instinctually. You know, even though he's not aware he's a toy, there's a part of him that knows he must stop moving. You know, it's, it might be some kind of peer pressure thing. You know, you see all the other toys freeze up, you gotta freeze up. Kind of like a survival instinct. Do cats really know that they're a cat? If you've ever owned a cat, you know that it. If, if you have the cat inside and that cat sees a bird outside of the window, they're going to do the same thing as all the other cats. Even though they've never met another cat in their life, they're going to look at that bird and they're going to be like... If you can't, you can't see my mouth, but I'm doing that thing cats do. It's an instinctual thing where their, their mouth just kind of opens up. They start making this like little sound. And I don't know why. I don't know why. It's some kind of thing before they pounce on a bird. And I think that is the same basic principle that Buzz Lightyear is experiencing when he stops moving. It's survival instinct. Yilly asks, are we supposed to kiss mistletoe? Does it grow out of toes? That's a good question. It is actually a common misconception that mistletoe grows out of toes or feet. Mistletoe actually first appeared in December of 1945 in New Mexico. It was it was about a, a, a what was that? It was about uh, six months after the first nuclear bombs were tested out there. The the nuclear bombs wiped away almost all life, but mistletoe grew as a result of the the, the radiation. So the tradition to kiss under the mistletoe grew during Christmas time, because if you saw mistletoe growing above you, you knew that your ass was grass, right? I'm about to die. There's mistletoe right there. It's a radioactive poison plant. So you were encouraged to, to kiss your loved ones goodbye one last time. So even though it's called mistletoe, it could be called bomb toe, it could be called nuclear holocaust toe, but mistletoe just kind of had a certain ring to it. Devin asks, when was the last time you humiliated yourself in front of a love interest? I feel like I do this probably almost all the time with my wife. But in college, before my wife was my wife, she was my girlfriend. And we just started dating, so I was I was ready to impress her, you know, on a on a physical level. I wanted to show show her what I got, right? So one day, football game starts up in front of her dorm. She lived on the second floor of the dorm, so she had a, a perfect view to the game. I wanted to show off, right? So I, I joined the game. 
And somewhere in this game, I'm running, I'm jumping, I'm juking, I'm, I'm, I'm pivoting, tackling, doing all the, the, the football things, right? Somewhere, I stuck my hand out the wrong way, hit this dude, and I f***ed up my hand good. I sure did. Now, I don't remember how it happened, but I do remember that it hurt for at least a few months. I want to say a few months to a year. So I'm pretty sure that I broke something, possibly permanently. This hand still hurts to this day. The good news is that she stopped watching the game about two minutes in, totally forgot about it, and she didn't even see me really get hurt. So I just experienced the humiliation and the pain for nothing. Ken asks, should I get a tattoo of Devin's face? That is a wonderful question, Ken. And I think the answer is most definitely. You most definitely should get a tattoo of Devin's face. You got to find the right picture, though. You don't want to screw this up. But because you've brought this up, I think you kind of have to do it. You, you kind of have to do it. At this point, I think it would be more offensive if you did not get a tattoo of Devin's face now that you've put it out into the air like that. So you got to do it. Maybe you guys could talk about this. Uh, Kolos Dolos asks, in the book of your life, what chapter do you think is the most interesting? That's a wonderful question. There have been a lot of interesting chapters in my life. You know, in like chapter 27, Harry Potter and I, we hurt ourselves in Woodshop right before the Nintendo DS came out. That was a bummer for both of us. In chapter 44, I volunteered as tribute in the yearly Hunger Games so that my younger sister could stay alive. That was a crazy week for me. But I do not think that the most interesting chapter of my life has been written yet. I've got a lot more to say on this subject, though, in a future episode, and I hope to do that. I hope that future is soon, because I do have something very important to say about that. Yilly asks, how does Santa deliver gifts to every child in the world on December 24th? That is the eternal question, right? Santa is actually the only living person in this world that we know of that makes use of wormholes. You know, you guys know wormholes as much as anybody else knows wormholes. They, they let you jump uh, from space to space without actually having to do the physical traveling. You could jump through that wormhole, end up in Japan, that sort of thing. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. This is the only feasible way for Santa to get to every home in one night, but he doesn't actually go to every home on Christmas Eve, and this is important because the logistics, if you think about it, seven plus billion people, we want to, there to be eight billion people to listen to this show, but we have to get eight billion people on the planet. But as of now, we have over seven billion people in the world, and the logistics just don't make sense. Santa cannot, eat wormhole or not, Santa just cannot get to over seven billion people in one day, right? He only goes to the places that believe in Santa Claus. And I looked it up. A lot of countries don't celebrate Christmas. Some of the results said Israel, Iran, Cambodia. These places don't celebrate Christmas at all. They don't care. They have no interest. But the big time saver for Santa is this little country called China. Or as uh, President Trump calls, China. I think I said it exactly the same both times. China doesn't celebrate Christmas over there, which is a huge relief for Santa Claus because they have over 1.4 billion people hanging out in China right this moment. So 
that's how we save some time. I don't know if India celebrates Christmas or not, but if they do, I'm not sure that they celebrate Santa Claus. You know, you gotta you gotta save some time for uh, uh, Father Christmas. I don't think he's the same guy exactly. I think he's Santa's like uh, I was gonna say inbred cousin, but that might be offensive. I don't know. He's he's Santa's he's uh, Santa's second cousin, twice removed. Whatever the hell that means. Devin asks, "What is your third favorite podcast?" Very specific question, but it is a good one. And it is a tough call for me. I like a lot of great podcasts. There are some very funny ones out there. I, I mostly try to steer towards comedy, but I, I, I don't just listen to comedy. I, I listen to, occasionally, I'll listen to Slash Film Daily just to be up to date on movie news. I'll listen to some video game podcasts like Nintendo Voice Chat or Game Scoop, that sort of thing. But I think my third favorite podcast is probably... Fat Man Beyond, which was formerly called Fat Man on Batman. It's uh, a show hosted by Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard, and, and they talk about movies, they talk about shows, and it's not even so much... Uh, honestly, I'll be real about it. This is why it's my third favorite, not my second favorite. I will fast forward through certain portions of it, because those fools, they don't care about spoiling a damn thing. They will talk on and on about plot details of things that you haven't seen yet. They know the ins and outs of things. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I was making a new movie, say I was making Ghostbusters 3, I would not care about learning about the plot points of Ghostbusters 3, point for point. I would want to know every single thing that happened because I was making that movie. That is different. That is different than watching that movie for the first time. So these guys will talk about spoilers, like nobody's business, even if they haven't even seen it yet but they're in that industry. So it is less of a big deal for them. It's more it's more inside baseball, if you will. But at the same time I enjoy the show because I do I do relate to the idea of filmmaking quite a bit and podcasting quite a bit. They talk about all these things and they do a lot of their shows live these days. It is a show that I have watched evolve over time. It started much like this show kind of and then it has grown to this thing where they they record it in front of live audiences and I would love to one day get to charge you guys to listen to this show live. That would be wonderful. So if you're interested in uh, letting me charge you money to uh, listen to this show, please let me know so that I can take your money as soon as possible. Thanks for the question, Devin. Ken asks, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like scales? That is a very important question. And I give scales 80 out of 100 pounds. Thank you for the question, Ken. Ken also asks one more question. He says, what is your favorite spoiler you heard before you saw a movie or TV show? Hmm. That is the first time I've been asked that question, and I had to think. But it's probably, and this is a Star Wars spoiler, not for the movie that's coming out. This is a Star Wars spoiler for the second Star Wars movie ever released, which was The Empire Strikes Back. And I'm giving you that warning so that if you have not seen that movie and you have no idea about this, then bless your soul. You can skip ahead one minute, okay? My favorite spoiler is probably Darth Vader revealing that he's Luke Skywalker's father. And I think it was because it was so prevalent in pop culture at the time that every kid knew about it, even if they hadn't seen the movies yet. And granted, that movie came out before I was born. Even before I was born. And I was born 100 years ago. So every kid knew about it. Luke, I am your father. That sort of thing. No. What does he say? No. 
I am your father. I sound just like James Earl Jones when I said that. Wow, that's incredible. So yeah, um, that was one of the spoilers I didn't care about. I would have loved. However, if I was an adult and that movie came out, say that movie came out right now and I had been following, I I really loved uh, the last Star Wars movie and I was looking forward to it, but I couldn't see it on day one, day zero. Somebody spoiled that for me. I would be pissed off. I would be, I would be good and pissed off. But times have changed. I think I was more spoiler tolerant back in the 90s. But what can I say? What can I say? Times have changed. Thanks for the question, Ken. Thanks for the question, everybody that asked a question. As always, you guys can ask us a question on our Facebook at Up and Loaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We just put out a Star Wars picture on Thursday. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It made us smile. Anyway... We also do a poll thing, and uh, we're we're in between homes on these polls. Right now, we've been doing Twitter. Twitter's been uh, hit and miss. Facebook has always been a mess. But on Twitter, we asked, how do you feel about Friday the 13th? None of you said that you try to avoid it. You guys all have balls of steel. 33% of you said that you love hockey movies. 67% of you said that you fear no day. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of those results. This week's poll asks, what is the best N64 game of all time? You could vote on that on our Twitter or Facebook, wherever the hell we decide to post that. That should be fun. Don't forget to subscribe to this show and follow us again at Up and Loaded on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram Cracker. We are there. Subscribe for good times and subscribe to this show. Tell your friends about it. Please tell your friends about it. That's how we live and breathe is by good word of mouth. This has been episode 64 of Chris to Chris. Do me a favor and enjoy your weekend or else.